Oh my gosh, Charlie. I'm a little nervous about how it's going to go. Listen, this is listener requested. <sighs> All right. This is what you asked for. <laughs> listen this is your mom writes books <laughs> i'm caitlin mcfarland and i am still charlie and holmberg always and uh today by listener request we usually decide what we're gonna talk about um right before we record <laughs> yep because yeah anyway <laughs> we got a comment recently on our instagram about somebody wanting to know what we hate in books which is going to be just a very negative uh, episode <laughs> but we do indeed hate many things <laughs> we do hate many things but to balance it out we decided we're going to give the people what they've asked for we're going to talk to you guys about things that we just cannot stand but then we're going to talk to you guys about things that we really love also. Yeah. So we're going to do both. We'll probably, hopefully, by the end of this episode, have a solid list of books that you should read because, yeah, we're not going to name the books that we hate, but we will name the books that we love. Yes. I think yeah. we'll get some good reading recommendations. I'm pulling up my Goodreads list where I have a seriously stunning list. It's the only special list I have. Though I don't know how <laughs> to find it on my um, – oh, there it is. I don't keep track of my stuff on Goodreads as much as I should. I wish I did because, yeah, then I'd have it for moments like this. But I, yeah, it's been an interesting few years as far as my reading habits go. So I was thinking about like, what are the things I really love? And at least half of these I've mentioned on the podcast already. Prepare yourselves. Yes, for age (laughs) gaps. Mm. Oh, no. I will definitely be talking about Landman Dragon. Oh, no, my heater just came on. But that's We're like both- the heater for my house. Okay. okay. I'm just going to, I'll just tell you guys, this is what's happening. And I apologize <laughs> for the sound of like the heater in the background. My computer spontaneously died just in the middle of me using it a couple of days ago. What's the middle of have- editing an episode, wasn't it? No, I was messing with stuff for Storymakers that is upcoming. I was messing mm. with some designs for some things I want to do. Oh, yeah. So my computer is dead. So I am now in the basement. You sound like you're in a spaceship. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in space. I am now in the basement on my husband's computer. And this is just how we have to record this week. <laughs> and I will, I mean, hopefully you guys don't know what we're talking about because I've managed to cut out all sounds of the uh, heater in editing because um, that's the magic of technology. But Yay. if you can hear the heater, it's because I am literally 10 feet away from the furnace. <laughs> sorry (laughs) and hopefully next week i will have my computer fixed or have a new computer and this will be not a problem anyways things that we hate number one caitlin's furnace things that we hate number two how often i have to mute lately so i can cough (laughs) oh yeah charlie hasn't been feeling well also so that's what's going on in our personal lives (laughs) day 17 of me being sick this is the worst <laughs> okay, okay let me start <laughs> yeah please do you get us started i charlie has a list and i'm just <laughs> coming to this just like loose and, and ready to react to her so here we go oh my gosh i just went to my husband last night i'm like what are things i complain about to you oh yeah oh and really quick let me also say that i when charlie was like hey somebody requested this episode let's do it i was like but i can't think of anything i hate and then i remembered who i am and that all i do is complain about books that I don't like so. Me and Caitlin um, bond over whining. <laughs> hers is more. Hers is more like articulate anger, and mine is more baby whining. No, but together it makes a great salad of negativity. Yes, by our powers combined. <laughs> With our powers combined, we will pull down the world. Uh, okay, so here we go, Charlie. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay, here's something I really hate, guys. Mm-hmm. Ultra overly competent teenagers (laughs) like i get it when teenagers like there are definitely prodigies out there there are teenagers who have skills and stuff but when i have a 16 year old who is like the best assassin or like the head of the mob or or something (laughs) like that i'm like no that doesn't make sense or like i read one once 
where it was like a teenager and he was like a general in the army. And okay, I understand that if you want to go on a historical aspect that there were people who like, if you were aristocracy, you could get high rankings in the military, even if you were young. Mm -hmm. But this was a high fantasy and that wasn't explained that way. And it just, it just drives me nuts. It's like, just write an adult book if you want to use adult characters. I think, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm already nervous to, to be starting with this one because <laughs> I feel, I feel kind of strongly the same way. And Should I don't we have a safe word. <laughs> safe word is pineapple. Butts. No, that's not a safe word. Pineapple. Pineapple is always the safe word. <laughs> For what? I've never heard that. Is that really a thing? I don't. Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. It's our safe word now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, that just annoys me. If you're writing about teens, write about teens. So I will say, because this actually did, this is something that came up in, in stuff that I've been reading lately, too. And it is because, like, so we love, I feel like we just love the the tone of YA fantasy, right? Yeah. Like, we love mm -hmm. the feel of YA as opposed to, like, quote, adult fantasy. They, are, they do have two really different tones. And I think people who love the tone of YA fantasy are like, oh, if I want to write this tone, I have to write about teenagers. And I don't think that's true. I... Mm -hmm. I'm totally like in my writing, I feel like one thing that I do is I do kind of have a YA feel ish Same. sort Same. of. Yeah. But I'm, I'm writing about people. And I mean, like my characters tend to be in their twenties. I'm writing fantasy. That's not any higher than what a lot of these like great epic YA authors are writing. And yeah, I just, I feel like I would love to see more adults. <laughs> I would love to see us shift that. Like, we don't have to write YA just because YA is what we've always read. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. That's just how I feel. Well, I think, too, especially in the fantasy genre, it feels like you're either, like, that that fun, fast pace of YA or you're the really dense epic fantasy. And it's like, we can yeah. write in the middle of that. We can write in the middle of that, which is, I think, where Charlie and I actually both fall is right in the middle of that, that fun, fast paced YA and the kind of more dense, complex, like, world building stuff which a lot of YA though does have dense complex world building so oh yeah but well I just want to say too like part of the reason I started feeling this way lately is because I now have a 13 year old daughter okay she's three years or four years away from being the same age as some of these YA protagonists <laughs> you guys she's a cartoon character like she's <laughs> she like bops around making weird noises and going ooh woo and like <laughs> <laughs> she's not I mean, I guess she could pick up a sword and save the world, but like, and I mean, like, I'm like, I'm willing to believe that there are competent teenagers because if she grew up being trained to wield a sword, like, I'm yeah. gonna believe that. But don't tell me that she's a sword master, the best sword master in all the land. Don't tell me she's <laughs> gonna beat the like prime of his life grizzled veteran guy who's been mm. doing this for 15 years and is all still in peak physical condition can we also yeah. have a romance written about the grizzled veteran guy because that's that's my thing okay but not with the <laughs> teenage girl please yeah oh no <laughs> even gosh. i love age gaps but when not with teens no oh my gosh okay we gotta move on from that one let me talk about something though because you talked about um world building they're 100% so many young adult novels with fantastic world building. Mm -hmm. The first one that came to my mind is I actually really love the magic system in Merciful Crow. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Th I thought that mm -hmm. was really good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, one cannot discount an ember in the ashes and the awesome world building there. Um, I thought the world building in the Winner's, the, the Winner's Curse trilogy was really good. There's this one scene in particular where the main character is facing off against like the emperor or something and like she's eating a dessert but her spoon is melting and it's some kind of political game and i was like oh man like that was really cool like yeah so that's one that i really enjoy yeah oh and that's by should we say the authors of these i can't well, remember we'll put we'll, we'll, we aren't <laughs> gonna be able, we're either <laughs> we're either going to remember the author or the title we'll make sure that we have both in the notes for this episode <laughs> oh really quick too about my 13 year old i wouldn't want her to have to save the, the emotional trauma of having to go through that stuff can we stop putting that on teens? <laughs> Anyways, let's put it on people in their early 20s instead. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I started writing about my last like two things that I've written were both characters in their 30s. I'm just slowly aging up. <laughs> I know, right? As we get older. My next complaint. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm ready. Okay. A lot of people hate love triangles. I like love triangles, but... I do not like love triangles. I do not like it when love triangles are solved by killing off one of the people. Yes. Good one, Charlie. 
I hate that because it's like the whole point of the love triangle and the whole point of the book is, well, let's just say it's a, a woman and two men because that's usually what the love triangle is. Yes. Um, it's like she's trying to decide which love interest to have. And that's like the, all the inner turmoil and all the conflict. And it's like, oh, she doesn't have to choose because fate just chose for her by killing Yeah, because one. one of them dies. And it's always the one that she kind of wasn't going to choose anyways. Right? <laughs> and it's just like, no, make her make a choice. Like, make a choice. Yeah struggle with that like come on listen listen we read because we love emotional we love emotional trauma but not real emotional trauma just fictional we love fictional emotional trauma and and so i mean i want to see her choose and then like let's see the fallout for that other person like what happens like i just yeah i hate it if you're gonna go there go there right like don't let any of your characters off like without consequences like and what happens to the guy she doesn't choose like and then here's what you can do if you're me you write the first book with the love triangle and then the second book the guy that she didn't choose he gets his own love interest who was better for him all along that's what i would do also known as the star mother series coming out november 1st (laughs) wait okay so wait a book that i actually think does this in an interesting way or a series that does this in an interesting way I didn't hate the love triangle in this, even though I sort of did because I always hate love triangles. I thought that Cassandra Clare's, oh no, Cassandra Clare's, you guys know if you know Cassandra Clare. Mortal Instruments? Not the Mortal Instruments, the Infernal Devices. Yeah. Is that the one with Will and Mm -hmm. Jem? Yeah. And Jem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that that handling of that love triangle was pretty fascinating though i did also kind of not love how it ended because i can't i don't want to spoil it if you haven't read it but uh, i feel like she still kind of copped out because there wasn't necessarily a fully a choice made so here's what's funny i actually haven't read these books but my husband did and told me everything that happened (laughs) so i feel like i've read them but also Mm -hmm. i can't read them now because i know everything that happens the same reason i never finished the harry potter series like well i know what happens Yes. That's the only book I can remember with a love triangle that I was like, okay, even though I was fully like, no, like Will Herondale, come on, please. I was Troubled a gem, Boys. I was a gem girl. Oh my gosh, no. Troubled Welsh Boys with dark hair. And like, I listened to the audiobook and like, he had the accent and I was like, yes, please. But I'm also a sucker for a Welsh dude, uh, which if you've read my <laughs> dragon books, those dudes are all Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you say dark hair. I'm like, what do you mean he's a redhead? I'm like, no, I think I just picture every Will as a redhead because of your husband. Because of my husband, Will, yes. who's a ginger Viking man. He did trim his beard, though. Thank goodness. Let me tell you. what's Okay, what's that book that I read by Melanie Jacobson? It has the word Will mm-hmm. in, the, in the title. Oh, yeah. Always, always Will. Always Will. I like that book, and I, but I struggled because I kept picturing the love interest looking like Caitlin's husband. <laughs> Awkward. I have yet to do that with Charlie's <laughs> husband. And if I did, I don't know if I could finish the book. <laughs> I'd be like, mm, awkward. Like we love our husbands, we don't love each other's husbands. Correct. In that way. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> do you have any love triangles that you've liked or you know I did? I mean, granted, I haven't read it, but from what Jordan told me, I did like the the Will Jam love triangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a love triangle that I liked because, like, all all the ones I'm, that I'm thinking of, either they're solved in a way I wasn't happy with. Oh no, I do know one I liked. Or um, she picks the wrong guy. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I was a fan of the other one. Uh-huh. No, so this isn't a book. This is an anime. Okay. So if you guys have not seen or read the manga for Fruits Basket, just skip ahead a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so in the original anime they actually never finished the story and they're remaking it right now but i read the manga so i know who she ends up with and i actually was very happy with how that love triangle went mm-hmm. though i mean this probably is more of a natural way to do it because she didn't super have to make a choice in the end but she made the choice i like so here's where the spoilers are so she has spoilers spoilers Okay, go. The the gal has a choice between this guy named Yuki and this guy named Kyo. And it's really set up heavily to be Yuki for a while. Yuki's the really like soft spoken, kind one, and Kyo's the hothead. And when you hug them, they turn into zodiac animals. <laughs> 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 so Yuki's the rat and Kyo's actually the cat. And so he's he's always been bullied his whole life because he's the one who was left out of the zodiac. Anyway. So it's a big love triangle with them, but as the story goes on, 
Yuki and Toru kind of grow apart as far as romance goes. They're still friends, but like the romantic hints kind of get less and less. And she does end up with Kyo, mm-hmm. who honestly is the better match for her. And like she she is a better fit for him and balancing him out than she is with Yuki. And I was very happy because I was always the Kyo girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. And spoilers. <laughs> if you listen to that, you listened and... I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's still really good though. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Okay. This is probably the number one thing that I hate in in, in writing, period. Okay. Okay. And I mentioned oh, this in an earlier episode because I said this is the number one thing that differentiates good books from bad books. Mm-hmm. And that is emotional responses. Mm. And the lack of emotional responses is probably the number one thing that I hate in writing. Mm-hmm. And that, you see it a lot in amateur writing, but you can see, you see it in published stuff too, where it's like, oh, yeah. why didn't they respond to that? Mm-hmm. Like I literally just read something recently where it's the climax of the novel and this guy is fighting the bad guy. I might I might have said this to you, but I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not. Okay. So he's fighting the bad guy. The love interest is fighting the bad guy over his girlfriend. And the bad guy basically says, like, I'm going to go rape your girlfriend. And the only response is dialogue. Like, wait, you're not going to kill me? And I'm like, you're not going to respond to the fact that this guy just threatened the girl. Like, he just threatened to do these horrible things to the woman you love. Mm-hmm. But all you were concerned about was... Oh, wait, so you're not going to kill me? And it moves on and it never addresses this horrible thing. But like just examples like that where something powerful happens and there's no emotional response. Yeah. You know, like like the main character gets locked in jail and there's no emotional response. Or mm-hmm. her the boyfriend breaks up with her and there's no emotional response. Or he just had his arm cut off and there's no emotional response. It's like yeah. people have feelings. <laughs> if you have a traumatic accident or you have trauma happened to you you must process and respond to it and yeah it super breaks immersion when people don't do that yeah. super breaks immersion yeah there was a novel i read and this and it's a good book by an author i really respect mm-hmm. so there was a love story in this in this book and at the end of this book the the climax is happening and the girl finds out mistakenly but finds out that the guy is dead nothing Nothing. She finds out that that the guy she's in love with is dead. He's not, but she thinks he is. Like, she's told that he's dead, and he's not, Mm -hmm. and there's no emotional reaction to that. Okay, can I say why I think potentially that may have happened, or, like, why that sometimes happens in books? Because a man wrote it? (laughs) No. Yes. No. No. Okay, this is my theory. No. We support male – come on, male authors. You can do it. Have emotions. We love you guys. You're great. I also think partially it's because in a situation like that, because I know that sometimes I tend have a tendency to do that uh, in my first drafts, and it's because we as the authors know that they don't have to be upset because we know that that other person's not really dead. Mm. And sometimes for me, one of the most difficult things, which may, we're going to do an, a, an episode on that, like things that we struggle with yeah. at some point, um, but this is one of mine that you will hear me talk about more at length then. I struggle with separating author knowledge from character knowledge Mm. a lot, a lot. And so, yeah, you just have to try and make sure in cases like that to fully get into the emotional state of the character that you are putting yourself in their head and you're remembering what they don't know that they should be, you know, responding to. Because what you don't know often affects you a lot more than what you do know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So – Let's bring in let's bring in some positivity for a minute. This is one of the reasons why I love Amy Harmon so much. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. and this is something on my good list is like I love books that mess with me emotionally. <laughs> like I love having my heartstring pulled. I love crying when I'm reading a book. And Amy Harmon is so good at emotion. She's so good at it. And mm-hmm. the one book I've ugly cried, like legit ugly cried for one book in my whole life. And that uh-huh. was Daughter of the Forest by Juliette Marillier. And I, okay, <laughs> I was reading it back when I had a real job. I read it on my lunch break and it was getting really intense and I had to go back to work and I was pissed for the rest of the day because my head was so in this book and I needed to know what happened, but I had to focus on work. So I just went home and I just read it from the moment I got home till the moment I went to sleep to like binge read all of it. And I was red face, ugly crying. <laughs> The whole climax of that novel. <laughs> I oh, love the it. power of story. It's so I, I know. It. And it's like, oh, it's so good. 
read uh read that one and read basically any Amy Harmon book. Yeah, well any Julia Really book and any Amy Harmon book, yeah. I I also enjoy Amy Harmon. Charlie like love I worship the ground she's in on. love with Amy she, Harmon. She like messaged me on Instagram once and I like had a hernia. Like, <laughs> I was like you're so cool. <laughs> yeah, gosh. I don't know if there's cuz like that's just something that's a little more subtle so it's hard for me to pick out but I don't I don't think I really have anything like you just for me that's just something that you know it when you see it so I don't necessarily yeah. have any but like so many authors do it well so yeah, I feel like I'm just like the bad guy because I'm like, okay, next one. <laughs> like, no, you can keep going. I'm sure I'll have some, but like, okay. I mean, do you want me to come? Do you want me to do one really quick? If you have one, go ahead. Okay, let me think how to frame it. Oh, here we go. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I I just I just read a series. It's actually pretty popular, but I hate when the protagonists of the book. And there, and the like, the, there's a core group of main characters, and they are the bestest, strongest, most powerfulest people who ever existed. And <laughs> anybody who goes against them is just stupid because, like, of course, they're the bestest, strongest, most powerful, and also the prettiest. I have, I actually have two things on my list that go along with this. <laughs> Gosh, it makes me so annoyed. First of all, because. Okay, on the one hand, books like that tend to sell really well because they're selling the fantasy of being those people, right? Like right. Mary Suing and stuff. Yeah, but I am not into it. I hate those stories because I can't get into them because it's like, how unrelatable is this? And and they never struggle. There are never any stakes. It's like I never one time while I was reading this series, worried that any of the main characters were ever going to suffer any kind of lasting effects or any kind of real like damage or really struggle with anything or even come up against an enemy who could actually face them down and defeat them because the author spent so much time talking about how cool they were and how mm -hmm. strong they were and how no one had ever been this strong in the history of forever. It just, oh, I don't like it. They don't struggle. That's not a story. That's just like, a daydream you wrote down, I guess. <laughs> yeah. On my list, I have, quote, too cool, end quote, characters, where they're just, like, <laughs> so bad, eh? Yeah. So, like, a book I'm thinking about that I started reading, and it's a, it's part of a popular series, and the guy in it is just so bad, eh? Because he mm -hmm. does all these bad... I won't say it, because you might guess what it is, but he does all these bad, eh, things in his free time, and it makes him even more bad, eh? And so when all these bad things happen, he just bad, a's all of them. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> totally yeah. realistic that you have these hobbies in our modern world, but okay. Yeah, I I guess it's like, like I said, I guess I understand the fantasy of it. Yeah. In my life, because I think everybody has faced difficult things in life, and because I have faced difficult things, I want to see other people who are overcoming difficult things so that I know that difficult things can be overcome, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. I need hope. I need to see other people going on journeys and actually struggling so hard and then overcoming that's what i like to see in my books and in these books like there's no journey they're just cool the whole time and so it's just like <laughs> yeah so one of my things on my list that go along with that like they're so beautiful this is something that i hate so much <laughs> when you have a book and the main character says oh i'm not beautiful because i'm too skinny i'm like that's not a thing <laughs> That's why I think. Well, let's not discount that people who are thin cannot, you know, well, yeah, they can I know. have body issues. They always yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. like, oh, I'm so pale and so thin. Nobody and like, but like the way they're, they're these attributes that they have that quote make them ugly are mod at least modernly very attractive attributes to have. Yeah, I will say that was also something in this series where it's like, oh, I'm so I'm in such a bad place. And the way that I express that, even though the habits that the author is describing me having should mean that I've gained weight, I've actually lost weight. I'm such a waif. <laughs> but I'm also someone who is a, a little bigger. So I, I just would prefer to see that representation there. And like, also, that was the thing about the these books. Uh I they did a lot of things that annoyed me, but like I just found it very problematic how shameful, like, well, how nobody ever 
I don't know. Everyone had the same body type. It was like watching mm-hmm. one of those. Okay, so my yeah. kids sometimes watch these cartoon shows, the like magical girl cartoon shows, where mm-hmm. or like the Tinkerbell fairy cartoon show, or like where literally every character has the same body type. Yeah, and My Little Pony actually does this too in their with the Equestria Girls, where. Every single person has the same body shape, but they just have like slightly different coloring and facial expressions and clothes. And that's what these books reminded me of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone had the same body because everyone was perfect. Right. That actually makes me think of a good recommendation. Tell me if I have the title right. The Girl Mm. of Fire and Thorns by Ray Carson. Is that uh, how, yeah that's yeah the title? that's the title okay mm-hmm. let me tell you guys something I have a bad habit of not finishing YA series I don't know like I mentioned like I feel like so many peter off but I read mm-hmm. every single book of of that series and I really really liked it and I really liked because Ray Carson does a different body type and that person is still valuable and granted like this isn't that much of a spoiler granted because the main character does go adventuring she does lose weight but she doesn't become skinny. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think that's that's it's it, that it's like a you know because I I think that we do need to see more books where people who aren't skinny have value and they stay not skinny and they still have value. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, for me, I'm like, well, yeah, if I were to go adventuring in the wilderness, I'm sure I'd drop a few pounds. <laughs> So it's a toss-up between realism and representation, and you just have to do what's best for your book. But, like, I do remember one time, the first time I ever read, and this was years ago, and this is, like, just goes to show how, like, indoctrinated we are, and I cannot remember the name of this book, and I don't think I'll be able to find it, because it was, like, 15 years ago that I read it. The first time I ever read a contemporary romance novel that featured a woman who was plus size and the whole book she didn't lose weight and she still got the guy at the end i remember being confused that's how indoctrinated we all are with this also at the end of shrek when fiona look i'm gonna spoil shrek for you guys at the end of shrek when when fiona stays an ogre instead of turning into a princess when i first saw that i remember being like oh no because i was a teenager right and i was like why isn't she pretty and i just don't want my kids to grow up thinking that kind of thing i want them to and of course now i'm like yeah fiona like get it you're hot like in which shrek movie is it where she's like a warrior princess and she's like <laughs> that's like the best one just like let people look different in your books right guys, right please yeah i like that uh, okay <laughs> so i cross that off okay here's one here's one that bugs me and i i do understand why it's done and i think it can be done well but i it bugs me a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is always, it's always because the monster is involved in a romantic plot point of some sort. Mm-hmm. But when there is a monster, like, you have to, like, the main character has to go marry the monster, and the monster is supposed to be horrible and horrendous <laughs> and awful, and then they're not. <laughs> like, the big, scary, bad guy is so beautiful it's like you know what if you have a bad guy and he happens to be beautiful i'm all for that but if you tell me that the bad guy is an ogre and has like an overbite like they all have overbites and they're all you know like Mm -hmm. sweating orange cheese from their pores all the time and stuff and then (laughs) you meet the ogre and the ogre is actually gorgeous it's like he's well (laughs) he's ford from okay this is a deep this is a DD reference but he's ford from critical role Uh, (laughs) yeah right but like like i don't know i if i if it's set up a certain way like i want to read it that way okay so what is the book we both read this book and i can't remember you just read it with the love and radiance radiance yeah Mm -hmm. so that's something that we both liked about radiance Mm -hmm. by grace draven yeah is that we have like a human woman and then what what's the species in that book called they're called kai kai and a kai man and they're very different and they both think the other person is hideous. <laughs> yeah. And it's a love story. But, like, I liked that. It's like, oh, I'm not just – I don't – like, this guy is, quote, a monster. I mean, he's a good guy. He's, quote, a monster. And she does not think he's cute. And it's not like, oh, he's secretly beautiful. <laughs> she's, like, freaky. She's like, whoa. I love how – okay, so she's freaked out because he has, like, really freaky teeth. And he has, like – eyes that don't have irises so they're just like kind of one color and that freaks her out and he is really funny when he describes her eyes because they don't have irises so when her eyes move around he's like (laughs) oh 
and he keeps calling her teeth like little horse teeth because he has really sharp teeth and her teeth are little and square. And I was like, oh my gosh, we do kind of have horse teeth. And um, it's pretty cool. And yeah, I would say actually Grace Draven is – I've only read that one book from her. But I, she may be one of those authors who kind of hits that sweet spot between like heavy romance, but like a really well-developed fantasy world for me. Mm-hmm. I appreciated her world building and her ability to do a romance. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Let me tell you my next one. Oh, my gosh. I feel like any, any romance reader is going to agree with me, though. Really? Short or clipped romantic payoffs. Oh. Listen, there's a book, and again, we won't name it. It's a 300-page book uh-huh. that I read, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen. And at the end, like, they don't even kiss at the end. Oh, my gosh. No. Ooh, that movie. Um, I watched a movie, and I was like, oh, and it is actually based on a, a series of novels. And Peter Jackson made them, and it's about the Rolling Cities. What were those? Do you remember those? Oh movies? yeah, that looked so cool. I haven't watched it, but I yeah, know what because you're I told about. you not to. I think I called you, and I was like, "Don't watch this, Charlie," <laughs> because they don't kiss at the end. I was so mad. <laughs> we have a problem, you guys. I'm sorry if you don't mind kissing. Okay, but what were those movies? Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines. There you go. By Philip Reeve, which are based on books, which I have not read the books. The movies are cool futuristic steampunk movies, and I would actually totally read the books because I, I think they seemed cool, but I cannot actually vouch for the books. I was mad that the movie did not have kissing at the end. I don't know if the book does. Mm-hmm. The movie did not, and I was mad. Yeah, or like there's a romantic plot line that's built up over one or even two or three books, and when they finally mm-hmm. kiss, it's a sentence. Oh they gosh. kiss and they move on. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I put work in for this! That's right. And we talked about this in our Romantic Walls episode. You guys, we talked about catharsis and gauging how long to keep your tension and when to break your tension so that people can have that catharsis. And when you do give them that catharsis, make sure it's an appropriate amount of catharsis, okay? Make sure it's proportional to the amount of tension that you built. You know who I think is really good at giving me a nice big chunk of catharsis? Who? Catherine Purdy. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm like, yes, give me that three page kissing scene, please. <laughs> nice. And Catherine Purdy wrote Burning Glass. Yeah, that's the book I'm thinking of is Burning Glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has a new one out, Bone Crier's Moon, I mm-hmm. believe is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we also know her kind of she's there's a lot of authors who live in Utah and we get to be friends with them because we're very lucky. So Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like your I like your catharsis, Catherine. Yeah, and she is also just like the sweetest, kindest person, you guys. So, yeah. She's super nice. Okay, I got four more on my bad list before I move on. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I actually have a, a how to write realistic martial arts class, and I talk about this in it. Mm-hmm. But self-taught fighting, that's not a thing. You can't teach yourself how to fight, never have an opponent or a master or anything, and then go out into the world and then be a bad A fighter. That's not a thing. That doesn't happen. Agree. Yeah. So... You guys, be careful when you're balancing. I know we want our characters to be bad, eh? But you have to be so careful when you're balancing that with realism. Because what I want more than a bad, eh, character is somebody who's going through something that does not break my suspense of disbelief. (laughs) Please do not break my suspense of disbelief by Mm -hmm. being like, my orphan raised by wolves can beat your butt. (laughs) Grizzled veteran (laughs) at the prime of his career. No. (laughs) Yeah. Next. Over-aggressive love interests. Mm-hmm. What I mean by this, I am all for alpha males. They're very popular in romance novels. I like the alpha male. I've written alpha males. But I have read books where the alpha male very much crosses the line and it's written like it's okay. Like I read a book once and actually the rest of the book was good except for this. But guy's in the girl's apartment and he, she says, please leave. I don't want to talk to you. And he's like, that's not really what you want. Oh, no. Like he's being told to leave and he won't leave. Or she says, I just want to be alone. He's like, that's not really what you want. And he like, yeah. th- you know what I mean? And like in real life, that is terrifying. Yeah. Like that's utterly terrifying. And I was just like, ugh. Like I'm not, I don't really like this guy in the book. <laughs> yeah. I know that that's like – so this is actually a super popular – subgenre of romance is these kind of guys i also it's not my thing i do like a strong alpha male i like a man who's really strong but then like you know he's vulnerable for you that's the thing that gets me yeah where he's kind of an a-hole to everybody else but then he's not an a-hole to you and that's key for me is that like he 
yeah, anytime that he won't back off or uh, touches the girl without her consent, like that stuff I do not like either because it is so scary. And all I can think about is it happening in real life or like if a man comes across like a book that has a trope like this and it's portrayed as something that the woman likes thinking like that reinforcing this idea that that might be okay and that yeah, is just gross just that's just gross rape culture yeah so let me tell you someone who does that the alpha male very well and he literally is an alpha male mm-hmm. and that's oh what's his name lord something with the c um the solace by gail carriger <laughs> ah i yes. really liked that one because he's, he's literally an alpha male he's the alpha in a werewolf pack mm-hmm. <laughs> but i liked that a lot And along the same lines, but not historical, would be the Patricia Briggs, her Mercy Thompson, the first book of, it's called Moon Called. Now I have to say disclaimer, I have not read all of them and it has been a while. So maybe my sensitivities would have changed since I, I read them, but her, the love interest in her, that's also a werewolf. So these are both paranormals. Uh, Solace is a historical Victorian and Gail Carriger is just a delight. Like she's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Patricia Briggs moon called is more of a contemporary alternate earth fantasy type thing. And also there's an alpha shifter type male love interest in a very similar series, which is Ilana Andrews, Kate Daniels series. And Alana Andrews is actually a husband-wife. Uh, it's a pen name of a husband and wife couple that writes together. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. And again, like, I was reading Mercy Thompson and uh, Kate Daniels around the same time. So, like, again, like, I can't say if my sensibilities have changed. And they are sexy books. Sexy book warning. Caitlin reads sexy books. But they have alpha males that I feel like I remember are sort of okay. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're problematic. And I'm just not remembering it. You're good. Okay, look, we've been, we've been whining for a while. I'm just going to move on to my good list. <laughs> Yes, let's do. We're going to talk about things that we really love now. And this is apparently going to be shorter, but we, you know what? I think we've been doing a good job balancing as we go, to yeah, be honest, true. Charlie. That's I true. think we've been doing okay. Yeah. Okay. I already said this, but I I love age gaps. <laughs> oh my gosh. In romance, I love freaking age gaps so hard. Uh-huh. I I love Landman Dragoran and I love his age gap with Nyanae. <laughs> <laughs> and I put age gaps in a lot of my books because I think they're hot. <laughs> yeah, she does. And again, if you didn't hear it from before, me and my husband are 11 days apart. <laughs> Poor Charlie. Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. <laughs> Good luck with that series. <laughs> I bet a lot of people are reading it right now, though, because Amazon's making the, the series oh, yeah. on it. Yeah. I know. I never still, I think I said this before, but I will say it again. I've never finished it. I've never read the Sanderson books, the last like three books, right? They're really good. <laughs> They're probably like, I mean, Robert Jordan was great, but yeah. I'm sure Brandon, Brandon's a little really more good. streamlined than Robert Jordan was. Yes. Gosh, now I have to think of things I love. I love, okay, this is going to, oh, how do I say this? I love an analytical i want to say bad a and when i say bad i do not mean can wield a sword okay i mean like hardcore smart not emotionless but like stoic female protagonist Mm -hmm. that is one reason that i love the winner's curse series because the heroine kestrel was like kind of very different from a lot of young adult heroines that i had read that's why i really like the girl from the V.E. Schwab's A Darker Shade of Magic oh, series. Oh, it starts with an L, doesn't it? Lucinda. Lila. Li- oh, Lila. so close. Lila. Mm-hmm. Lila from A Darker Shade of Magic. Those, for some reason, like those smart – and the main thing about these women is that they're smart and strategic and they're kind of ruthless. And I enjoy that quite a bit. Yeah. It's like Alessandra from uh, The Shadows Between Us. Yes. Alessandra from The Shadows Between Us also – so good. Yeah. I try to kind of echo that. I, I don't have any female characters like that in my current books, but in A Power Arcane, my short story, the the protagonist is a little more like that, but it's just like my favorite thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then this is something, and I we talked about this. I won't talk about it at length because we did talk about this in our romantic wall thing. And this is something <laughs> I like in fiction and not in real life, but I do like me a nice broody, stoic man. Mm-hmm. Love interest. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love you, Land Mandragoran. <laughs> you already said that. I know, but I still love him. Or like in your book, um, the Soul of Smoke books, I love Hashem. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm just like, yes. yes. 
get in that shower. <laughs> Ashem was me going for that kind of alpha feel where it's like he's still not. I mean, he's a he's an a hole, but not you know all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite love interest, and we talked again, like yeah, we talked about this on the romantic wall episode. The witty, funny guy who's like maybe kind of a womanizer, but then when he meets you, he forgets all other. Women. <laughs> Yeah, that guy who does not exist in real life. <laughs> I know. Yep. But that's, uh, I mean, I guess to use my own books in his example, it's Caddick from those books mm-hmm. uh, and the, from my books. And I'm trying to think of somebody else, like, just like those guys who are kind of glib. Nice use of the word glib. Thank you. I am a sucker for witty banter, which is also something we've mentioned that's before. That's the next thing on my Hey, witty banter, things we love. And again, I recommend Gail Carriger. She is Mm -hmm. so good at banter. You should just follow (laughs) her on on social media because sometimes she posts her banter and it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, gosh, who else can do witty banter? Can we think of anybody? I know that they exist. A lot of romance authors are really good at this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tessa Dare, who writes sexy historical romances. She is very good at Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, when is Scott ties the knot? Oh, that's okay. That's the only Tessa Dare book I've read because um, I feel guilty when I read sexy, sexy books. But, oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was so funny. Like, it's a good romance, but it was so mm-hmm. funny. Oh, I love that book. <laughs> Tessa Dare, yeah. Tessa Dare is one of my favorite sexy historical romance authors because she i don't she's just funny like i love humor i love yeah. humor okay that will be my next thing i love humor mm-hmm. funny witty humor especially just really gets me and it's one of my favorite things about reading yeah if i can read a book that takes me from like the darkest place where people are struggling so hard to do the thing but th- then also there are these moments of like really great humor mm-hmm. that that book has got me like that's everything i want yeah we just like laugh out loud all of a sudden <laughs> Yes. Yep. Again, and Tessa Dare makes me laugh out loud. Yeah. yeah. Gail Carriger does too. I, oh, yep. I'm sorry. I'll just talk about her all day. I love Gail Carriger. <laughs> and I mean, like, yep. there. I feel like I don't know if I've ever read a good book where I didn't laugh out loud at least once, you know, because it's like, yeah. I know I laugh out loud when I read some Brandon Sanderson books, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going through my list. I'm like, what have I, what have I laughed at? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and this is why I guess I'll just say this too, like really quick. Like, this is a book podcast, you guys, but like, this is why I love in store when it comes to storytelling and like some alternate forms of storytelling. This is why, like, I really like some real play D&D podcasts because they they do manage to take you like through this massive range of emotion. Thinking of not another D&D podcast right now, which also like, only listen to if you're okay with like R-rated things. I mean, they kick it off with something pretty R-rated. Anyways, that's my non-book plug. <laughs> okay, I have a really good book plug. I'm like, I'm on my Goodreads looking through it, and nice. I am going to butcher this this uh, woman's name. And I actually, I think I talk about her in a presentation I do, and I I have looked up how to say this, and I don't remember. So I'm really sorry. It? Um, but really good banter, really good funny. And honestly, I had really good twists in it. I really liked this book. I blurbed it. <laughs> I liked it. Oh, so yeah. Much. It's Lord of Secrets by Brianna. Her last name spelled T-E-I-N-T-Z-E. Brianna Tainza. <laughs> Technically, we, we're looking up how to pronounce her name. It, it looks German. I love her. So I'm on her website looking this up. I love her like little like un, her, underneath her name. It says swords, sorcery, sarcasm. I'm going to have to read some of her books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what I want. I've been trying to get Jordan to read Lord of Secrets because I really did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's got that. Uh, the main character is just really funny. It's just like the like sarcastic, plucky wizard, you know. I love a sarcastic wizard. Let me tell you. Okay, speaking of wizards, another thing that I love, and I know you love this too, is whimsy. Uh I do love whimsy. Like one of the reasons, Howl's Moving Castle is top five books for me because it's so whimsical. And that's also why I love Studio Ghibli. It's so whimsical. Mm -hmm. And it's just, oh, I don't even know how you teach whimsy, but it's it's so, I love whimsy. I don't know if you can teach it. It's something you have to kind of absorb and like just have. Like I think your books are pretty good at whimsy, Charlie. And I'm also going to say one of my favorite series of all time that I think is whimsical. And it was one of my foundational series that I grew up. This is one of the series that made me love fantasy is the Enchanted Forest Chronicles by Patricia C. Reedy. Yes. Hopefully saying her name right, too. Yes. It could be Reed. 
It's W-R-E-D-E. Yeah, we've had this discussion before because I say read <laughs> and you say reedy. I, I feel like I looked it up one time and it maybe said reedy, but... Um, I think it's like, for Enchanted Forest Chronicles, I feel like it's just these really interesting minute details of things that's mm-hmm. like people don't usually mention and then like you get these like really interesting details that are just kind of bizarre but totally make sense but like they're strange but they work you know it's like however i describe spirited away to people i'm like it's really weird but it's really good but it's a really weird but it's really good but it's and really like, good i feel like i have to keep going back i'm like it's good but it's weird but it's good, but it's weird. Like, I feel like I can't stop. I feel like that's just a continual thing I have to say to describe Spirited Away. I totally get that because that's how I feel too. And I'm trying to be like, okay, if you've never watched a Studio Ghibli movie, uh, but like, it's good, but it might be weird, but it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to find the first line of Dealing with Dragons because I, I feel like I remember it being very good and I kind of want to read it. What's the first book called? Dealing with Dragons. Yeah, so that's something we should say. So it's called The Enchanted Forest Chronicles, but the first book is called Dealing with Dragons. And I also really love how – I kind of like it when series do this, where the first two books follow Simmerine and her adventures. And then the third book is about the witch Morwen, who is my – probably the beginning of my love of, like, no-nonsense female magic users <laughs> – I think what you're thinking of is the chapter title because the first okay, line is-, is Linderwall was a large kingdom just east of the mountains of Morning where philosophers were highly yeah, respected. Yeah, yeah. But the, the chapter title is In Which Simmerine Refuses to Be Proper and Has a Conversation with a Frog. Yes. How could you not <laughs> love those books? That's why all oh. of her chapters, all of her chapter titles are like that and they're quite funny. Yes. And it's like in which Simmerine discovers the value of classical education and has some unwelcome visitors. <laughs> In which Kazul has a dinner party and Simmering makes dessert. <laughs> yes. So if you love Whimsy, those books are so... And they're like a nice... They're classic, like, 90s fantasy. But they're also, as far as my memory goes, for 90s fantasy, very unproblematic and good. Yeah. They're very... Yeah. They're very cute. Okay. So next, this goes without saying. It's, I like being surprised. I like twists in novels. I like being surprised. I like mm-hmm. it when I can't guess the ending because I feel like at least 50% of the time when I read a book, I, I know how it's going to end. And so I really like being surprised. Yeah. I don't even expect because I mean, I mean, you know, when you're in this business and when you've been a lifelong reader, you can pick up the patterns of a story so easily that it to me, I'm surprised when I'm surprised anymore. But like, I can be surprised in little ways. And then, like, I, this all again goes without saying, saying I really love um, originality. And this is where I was going to talk about Merciful Crow, because I really did like the uh, magic system of Merciful Crow. I really like the book Vita Nostra. And that's one of those ones where I feel like I have to keep saying, it's good, but it's weird. But it's good, but it's weird. But it's good, uh-huh. but it's weird. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's like grown-up Harry Potter, but really strange. <laughs> like, yeah. let me just, like, just, like, the beginning of the book is that this this teenager meets a strange guy, and then she starts throwing up gold coins. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of weird that I like, though. Because yeah, it's so I like, yeah, because, but that's kind of weird. Like, so when I was, like, eight years old for Christmas, my aunt and uncle got me a big, fat book of just that was just Grimm's fairy tales, right? Mm, yeah. And so I was reading. They're weird. They're weird. And I was reading those from the time I was eight years old, but they're weird in this like really magical way. And I think that's the kind of like dark whimsy is like my favorite mm. thing. And that's the kind of weirdness I go for, which why like I also love the dark crystal. <laughs> that's real weird and dark. I still okay. I've like, seen it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so. It's. <laughs> at this point i would say watch the netflix series before you watch the movie the movie i don't know i just i've always loved that like weird whim- like weird dark whimsy mm-hmm. that's like really like i've loved that since i was a kid what can i say <laughs> yeah yeah I, oh, it's so good yeah but vita yeah. nostra it's actually a russian book but it's been translated into english and i can't remember who the author is but we will put them in the comments so another thing i really love i really love well-written, really evil, super powerful bad guys. Like, I just love the idea of this, like, super competent, evil, seemingly undefeatable bad guy. I love bad, 
dark villains like that. This is the other side of heroes who are too cool and nothing ever challenges them. If the bad guy is super cool and super evil and he's going to be such a challenge for the hero, that's awesome, right? Yeah, and I was trying to think, okay, who can I think of who's like this? And I'm sure some people would disagree with me, but I really liked Thanos from the Avengers series. Look, I just like, I'm a simple person. I'm not very literary. I just like what I like. And so I also thought they did Thanos very well. Yeah. It's, so it's not the fact that he had an interesting backstory that made him stand out. It's the fact that he really was acting as the hero of his own story. Mm-hmm. We say that a lot, but what what does it look like? It looks like what Thanos did where he was still willing to sacrifice the thing that he loved most, which is usually a trait reserved for heroes, to get what he wanted. And that was what made him like win, right? in that moment and this is just me talking off the top of my head being like oh this is how i'm psychoanalyzing this i might be wrong but no you're right yeah you're always this is right. what caitlin likes to do uh, so um, i'm all the examples i have are from not books <laughs> you probably don't know this one so in the very last season of the original sailor moon anime <laughs> the bad guy's name is galaxia and i really liked her because she won over and over and over again like she took out Sailor Moon's friends, like, killed them, won, over and over and over again. Whereas, like, in Sailor Moon, you're like, oh, the bad guys are so incompetent. You know, it's it's just like that serial thing where, like, let's send the putties (laughs) if you've watched Power Rangers. And they defeat the putties. Team Rocket. Yes, Team Rocket, right? And, like, all the Sailor Moon baddies were always like that. But with Galaxia, it's like, no, she won. And there's, I'm not, this has been out forever. I'm not going to spoil anything. But like, there's this amazing thing where in, it's, I think it's called Sailor Moon Superstars. So mm-hmm. at the beginning, her love interest, Mamoru, goes to America to study abroad. And so she hasn't seen him for a while. And he stops like answering her, her phone calls and stuff. And she doesn't know what's going on. And she's sad. And at the end, like all of her friends, all the other Sailor Scouts are just, they're getting their star seeds taken out. And they're just being killed off one by one by one. And when she's in the final battle to face Galaxia, she sees this golden star seed and she knows it's Mamoru's. Mm-hmm. That Galaxia went after him at the beginning of the season. You didn't see it, but she already killed him. And it's just like, <gasps> oh, you're so bad, eh? And then they fly around naked and make friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> I have to say, though, okay, I have to say, I did watch Sailor Moon when it was a dub on, what was it called? It was an after-school cartoon block that was like Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z. I did not have this channel. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we only, we didn't have it until I was like Because it wouldn't be Adult Swim. Because I know there was Adult Swim. No, 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 not Adult Swim. No, it was Toonami. It was called Toonami. I have heard of that. (laughs) Yeah. And so I watched that is how i watched sailor moon and i was watching it right until i was like 13 and 14 years old as my brain chemistry was developing like oh these are the things that you're going to like and the (laughs) romance between sailor moon and in the in the dub they call him darren but yeah his name is mamoru and their romance it's just so like tragic whimsical there's so much longing and destiny and I'm not, okay, I also am actually not a fan of Destiny. I'm not a fan of Chosen Ones. I'm not a fan of You Were Meant to Be because I'm a fan of people making their own way and choosing choosing their own choices because choosing to do something is way harder than being destined to do something, mm-hmm. right? So that's put that down in my don't like like columns. Like I'm not a huge fan of Destiny and Fate and Chosen Ones and I am a fan of people doing hard things because they choose to. But like that romance, <laughs> the longing of it, my little 14-year-old heart just died. I couldn't handle it. It was so good. Which I will say is done better. So they redid the first two seasons, Sailor Moon Crystal. I think it's on Hulu. Uh-huh. They did redo it and it's better in that one. The other one I want to talk about, and again, this is um, a Webtoons thing. Uh-huh. There's a Webtoon called, I think it's called My Dear Cold-Blooded King. That's what yes, it's called. My yeah. Dear Cold-Blooded King. There's mm-hmm. a bad guy in there who, for a while, I freaking loved i'm like i wish i had thought of this and this guy just to show that he could he kidnaps the main character i think he drugs her to knock her out and he paints with this like he doesn't it's not actual tattooing but it's like long-lasting paint i guess oh i remember this right he paints this like intricate design all over this woman's body and then brings her back home. And so she wakes up in the morning with no recollection of this, but all of a sudden she has all this art 
all over her and she knows that he was there and it was just a way to show her that I could I could have done something if I wanted to I can control you if I want to and it was so dark and manipulative and smart and I was like yeah. you are the best bad guy scary. I'm like that's scary because can you imagine like that is terrifying yeah if that happened to me that would be terrifying and I loved him as a villain he was so good oh my gosh okay Another thing I love is love interest switching. And I've talked about this before. The trope where it's like, it's set up. You, I know. I know. Don't give me that look. Sorry. Caitlin just rolled her eyes. If you guys were wondering what Caitlin was doing, <laughs> I'm down. She's talking in the third person now. <laughs> no, no, I do love, I love that thing where it's like, you think it's going to be one guy and it ends up being another guy. And I, I have two books that do this that I really love. And I almost don't want to recommend them though, because it kind of spoils it. Oh, hmm. 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 Conundrum. Conundrum. So I'm not going to give you any. <laughs> so so good luck finding those, dear audience. Actually, okay, I'll tell you this. I've already recommended both of these books. <laughs> so just, just mm. we'll have a reading list put down so you can read these. It's a scavenger hunt. It's a scavenger hunt. The first person who can tell us the two books gets a prize. And see, and this for me is something I don't love because I love more. Okay, so I want my love interest to be natural. I don't – I'm not a fan of insta-love. Like literally the reason that I wrote the Dragon Sworn series was a reaction to this trope of insta-love that I kept reading. And the reason I wrote it was because I wanted to show two characters who had literally every reason to have insta-love and show kind of a more realistic – way that they would fall in love okay but i still like a the feeling of we're meant to be like you're my person and in real life i do not actually believe in like the one i believe that you know there are a you know a handful of people that you could meet that you could be very happy with and so i'm not all up on the idea of the one but i just love the idea of two people who are so in love that like they're just everything to each other like that's what gets me and so i don't like love interest switching Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Another one, which is obvious because we talked about it in like a recent episode, um, Good Romantic Walls. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Go listen to our Romantic Wall episode. That's all we'll say. <laughs> okay, I just have one more on my list. Okay. So I, I do love slow burns. When I say that, I don't mean like so slow that I have to read five books to get a payoff. I do really like slow burns. One of the issues I have with reading straight romance novels is I always feel like they fall in love too fast. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of slow burns with the adequate catharsis. Mm -hmm. So, but like, not like I'm going to boil this water by hugging it and slowly my body heat will turn it up. That's too slow. <laughs> but like you put the pot on the oven and you, you put the burner to low. That's fine. I like when it's like you meet that person and then there's something between you that's just electric and it's like undeniable from the moment you meet. It's not the same as insta-love because yeah. you, you know, it's not the same as insta-love. Definitely insta-attraction. I feel like in real life, you meet somebody you know and whether it's somebody who you feel like is going to be your friend, somebody you feel like it's going to be you're romantically interested in. I feel like I've always known within a few minutes, oh, yeah, I have a connection to this person oh, yeah. or because some people are like, yeah, it's not realistic. Listen, we already told you guys how long I how long it was before I <laughs> married my husband after meeting him <laughs> and that I've been married for almost 15 years. Uh, that would be four months to the day from the day we met because that's how we roll. <laughs> and 15 years and three kids later, here we are. So that's what I like is electricity. Yeah. You know? you know what? And it's kind of funny because it's a little different for me. And this is ends up in most of my books. Uh, anybody who's listening who's read a lot of my books, you'll probably notice that almost all of my couples are not attracted to each other when they first meet. <laughs> like that physical attraction isn't there. And that's how it's always worked for me. Because when I meet a guy and I think he's hot, I don't know why, because I guess personality is such a big thing. But here's the thing. I'll meet a guy who's hot and he has a good personality. But if he's hot right when I meet him, a month later, I don't think he's hot anymore. I don't know why, <laughs> even if he has a nice personality. And then I'll meet guys who I like. It's usually I don't think much about it. Like I don't notice them being mm -hmm. if they're attractive or not and then i get to know them and all of a sudden they are just the bee's knees to me like every i feel like every guy i've had a crush on has been that way yeah yeah it's weird there's a couple guys who i had little crushes on in college who when i first met i actually specifically thought they were not attractive and then i ended up being like <laughs> i date them <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny yeah for me it's more like the 
the electricity isn't necessarily physical. You have that first exchange with someone and it's like, witty comment, witty comment, witty comment. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's, and then if they're hot, all spats, definitely a bonus. Also, Charlie knows this. I'm afraid of. attractive men men. i'm afraid of not just attractive men attractive people i think attractive women too if somebody is too attractive to the point where i'm like you're basically fictional i have a very strange reaction uh and can can i tell the waiter story (laughs) okay one time at Storymakers, I don't remember what the restaurant was. It was, oh no, we don't need to say what it was. It was an Italian restaurant. It was an Italian restaurant, back when I could still eat Italian. <laughs> um, <and laughs> it was not a, Olive Garden. I'll say it was not Italian Olive Garden. Restaurant. It was not so Olive Garden. the waiter was just very um, generically magazine good looking. He was like six foot four, broad shoulders, dark, like blonde hair. No, very- he was, yeah, he had blonde hair. He was piercing blue eyes. Piercing blue eyes. (laughs) He was very attractive, a very attractive guy. And he comes over to take our orders, and Caitlin just freezes like a deer in the headlights. I'm like, what is going on? It was so funny. And she like gets her order in and everything, and she's like, he was so hot. But what the best part is, is that every time he approached the table, he would approach from the same direction, which was from behind Caitlin. So she never knew he was coming, and he would just appear, and she would startle every time. And I remember saying, I remember, okay, and it's not because I was like, Oh, I'm attracted to him because to me, it gets to a point where you're not real. It's like, it's, you might as well be a Ken doll. Like, and I'm not saying that he's not, doesn't have worth as a person because of course he does. But like, for me in that moment, it was just, ah, it wasn't like a, oh, I want to, oh, hey guy. It was like, it literally was like every time he showed up, I got scared. (laughs) I I guess I'm not attracted to very polish. I don't really read like billionaire romances. I'm not like a guys in suits, like super groomed, well groomed guy kind of. I'm more of like a like a hello blue collar workman lumberjack man, um, <laughs> Viking. That's kind of my you know Scottish Highlander in a kilt. That's kind of my aesthetic as far as men go. He was more of the clean cut kind type. Yeah, he was he was definitely a clean cut, polished kind of guy. And and for some reason, those people just make me have a very startled reaction. <laughs> it's like, what? You're real? <laughs> yeah, and but I think like a, a a woman would too. I'd just be like, what's happening? Oh no, no, I've totally had that where you, you meet every now and then you meet a woman who's just like so beautiful and you're like, uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that happened. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note, we have to be done. I have a feeling this is going to be our longest episode to date. But, you know, I think we we talked about some things that annoy us, but I think we also gave a lot of recommendations for things that we really love and authors who do good jobs. And also, I mean, publishing everything is subjective. Like all these things mm. I'm complaining about, somebody's like, I love all of those. Yeah. If you guys love that stuff, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, Charlie and I have just, we had a few differences of opinion. Yeah. yeah, we had a few differences of opinion. I will never get behind a, a massive age gap. I just don't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Love it. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, I've had, actually, this was really fun to record, so I'm glad we did this, Charlie. Good one. <laughs> thank you for suggesting it. You should thank the, wait, let me see if I can look her up really Yeah, quick. find, find out who suggested it to us. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Man, if you want to know what it's like to have to listen into a conversation of me and Charlie just literally being friends with each other and not trying to like sound educated and smart, you just you just heard it right there. That's what this whole thing was. <laughs> you want to know what I like? Kissing. Oh, it's your friend Bridget. Bridget's the one who said she wanted to hear what we hate. She said, you guys have already talked about the kind of books and storylines that spark your interest. I would love to hear you guys talk about the kind of books, characters, tropes, etc. that make you hate a book. There you I know go. it's all subjective and you guys don't like to throw hate around, which we don't. But we all have those things that make us refuse to keep reading. So I'd love to hear both of yours. I hope we cover that. I mean, we didn't really focus on specifics. We just kind of talked in general. Uh, I mean, really, the only thing that's going to make me throw a book across the room is if the characters are stupid. but. Yeah, probably. Or if the plot is just too stupid. No, we did not talk about characters who are too stupid to live. We'll have to do this again. Mine is like, I think, just inconsistencies. 
Like, yeah. when it's like, but you just said this, like, it drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But, oh my gosh. Yeah. This, this is already a long episode. So we'll, we'll have to maybe, do, we'll have to do it. Do part two. <laughs> part two, things your mom hates. Oh, that's what we can call this. Things your mom loves and hates or something like that. Anyways. Okay. You guys are fantastic. Thank you for sending us ideas of things to podcast about that we can just have fun with. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending us emails and talking to us on social media. Thank you for the very kind reviews. <laughs> yes. Thank you for the kind reviews. If anybody who hasn't left a kind review feels like doing so, feel free. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I am Caitlin McFarland. You can find me at Words and Geekery on Instagram. You can find me at Caitlin H. McFarland, author on Facebook, which I'll be honest, I'm pretty inactive on that. But I am on Instagram sometimes. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm not like the most active on social media, but I do try. I'll try, I try to interact with you guys when you talk to me. So, yes, if you enjoy dice bags, you can buy one for me at Words and Geekery on Etsy. And my books are I wrote the Dragon Sworn trilogy and. Lady of War and Power Arcane, which are short stories that were published in Deep Magic magazine. I'm like sitting here just trying to figure out what my pun's gonna be. <laughs> like, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> my name is Charlie Ann Holmberg. You can find me at charlieannholmberg.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and especially Instagram at CN Holmberg. I am the author of The Paper Magician, The Star Mother, The Spellbreaker, and the Numina series, and a smattering of others. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. We update every Tuesday and take questions at yourmomwritesbooks at gmail.com. We will be at Storymakers. I don't know if this posts. I think this will actually be our post at Storymakers. Right before Storymakers. No, yeah, we'll be at Storymakers this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be at Storymakers. We're going to have a table. So we'd love yeah. to come to see ya. And we'll be I'll probably be bookmarks. the one. <laughs> Ooh, and actually, I may have some like. Not podcast merch, but like some 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 trinkets. Those things that she there. was working on when her computer died will be there. <laughs> yes. So that's so yeah. Stop by, see what we've got. And I highly recommend you listen to this episode with a cup of wine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you can also find this podcast at your mom writes books on Instagram and Facebook. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Thanks, you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bathroom break. Go. No. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>